Hello and welcome to the Peace and Love Amplifiers podcast. I'm so happy you're here. In these episodes, we will dive deep into the idea of peace. What is it? Is it even attainable? Everyone wants it, so how can we make it manifest? Along with my own experiences, you will also hear uplifting stories from inspirational people who are building peace in their own lives and the world around them. We are on the threshold of a new society, looking at where science meets spirituality. And these stories are a call to action to help overcome division and build a better society for all concerned. Join me on this thought-provoking journey to explore ways we can all amplify peace and love. Hello and welcome. Today, I'm super excited to have on as my guest, one of my mentors. He's my business coach. He is the author and founder of Flashpoint, of Emergency Life Coach, of Power Forward. He is stellar class act business coach. His new project is Flashpoint, and it's the art and science of your big breakthrough. So he's helping people shift into what's calling to them, what's kind of resonating with them. As my guest, Austin Haynes, thank you so much for being here. Julie, this is so good to be on your podcast and watching what you're bringing to the world at this time. And and what an honor to come on and have this conversation with you today. And I, I, I just trust that it's going to serve whoever listens to this. Yeah, I, I have that faith as well. So why don't you tell me what it is that gets you up in the morning? What do you do? I mean, you help so many people, you help so many people live a more authentic life. And just, you know, kind of share with our listeners, what makes Austin Haynes tick? I appreciate that question, Julie. What gets me up in the morning? Usually it's a thought that pops in my head that pulls me out from under the covers. And uh, I would love to say I'm an early riser, although sometimes I am. Uh, Yesterday, I was up at 4.30 (laughs) a.m. Today, uh, up a little later, like uh, 6.30, quarter to 7. But what what drives me? I have an overall mission for my life. And then inside of that mission, I have a purpose. And I won't give you all of it here, but... You know, the one the one purpose is that I always say is um, heart-centered, authentic, service-oriented. Heart-centered, authentic, service-oriented. And it creates the acronym HAS. Not that that means anything, but it's kind of an interesting thing. Those three things embody the work that I'm doing now and what I bring to the world. And, of course, I have a bigger mission for my life. But that really drives me to awaken the thing inside of people and to make them understand that it's not as far off or it's not as difficult as they might think. And it's in line with the work that you do, inner peace. It may not be as far off or as difficult as one might think. And it's really a question of dialing into it. If we get into frequency, dialing into that frequency of it. And through this work, it becomes more possible. And as a practice, it becomes more achievable for people on a daily basis daily moment to moment basis. Mm. Wow. That's, that's really a huge mission for your life, you know, just to be open to the changes within yourself and then to help other people find access to that, to that own, that inner angst. We were talking about that before, like 
yes. this angst that people feel that, you know, if I can only have this job or do this with my life, but I'm stuck here, whatever here that is for them, you know, what and for whatever yes. reason, how do you see people kind of getting out of that stuckness? Well, I can share with you my story and a little bit about it because I think it'll resonate for that, that stuckness because I battled with that angst for a long time and full transparency. Does it, is it gone? No, it's, it's there. It's just not as influential in my life. And based on my practices and the momentum I've built, I'm able to manage it. And I say, harness it and turn it into clean burning fuel. There's a moment in my life through my journey where I said my life was over. I didn't have inner peace. I had angst. And there's a whole story behind it. But it wasn't so much that I said the words. It's that I believed the words to be true. Mm. I believed that my life was over at one point. And even when things started to shift, there was an unconscious process that happened. It wasn't today. It's, it's a conscious process. Then it was an unconscious process. And, and through the grace of God, my turnaround story began. And I was able to to get to where I am today. And there's ingredients to make that happen. But had had those things not happened, I, I got, I, I've often, you know, one of the things I know gratitude is a big thing on most people that are in this space. But one of the things I always say, Julie, is I'm grateful for the things that I don't know that didn't happen mm. or where my life could have gone that I don't fully know because of people and things that did manifest in the right way in my life and, and allow me to take this energy, this angst, this uncertainty, this lack of peace, and still somehow make sense of it and turn it into positive forward motion with my life. And I, for people that are in that space, you know, the first thing I always say is, uh, can you courageously embrace the energy? Hmm. Because resistance is a, is a major problem in our lives. And, and see, because I think people confuse that if I allow this, it means I'm tolerating this and it means that nothing's going to change. So I'm fighting it and I'm resisting it, but it's, it's a paradox. The more you resist something, the, the bigger it gets in your life. And that's a big lesson right there is to be able to allow from a courageous place, knowing that once I've allowed it, I, I'm free to let it go and move in a different direction. Does yeah. that make sense? Absolutely. And that's so true because one of in my seminary, the, we had three words, you know, surrender, trust, and gratitude. Mm. So you surrender to the process. You surrender trusting that everything is working out for your highest and best. And then you have gratitude for that. And just that, because I know when you fight something, or I'll use my words, when I fight something, whether it's as a caregiver, you know, if I put so much into caretaking and that I become almost resistant to it or almost like battling against that, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, you get into this sense of poor me, that, that pityness of, you know, for myself, if I just, you know, that Nike, the Nike slogan, just do it. You know, if you don't put all the baggage onto whatever task that you're doing and you just do the task without having all the emotional impact to come with it, it mm -hmm. flows a lot easier. It flows better. And 
yes. you're not putting all that emotional stuff on it. And, I, you know, I always talk about as emotions, when you fight against something, say if it's grief or if it's sadness mm, or yeah. if, you know, if you fight, like, I don't want to feel this because I'm going to be feeling it forever. It's, yes. it's not, yes. it, you have to just kind of like let the water start to trickle out from the dam yeah. of your blocked emotions and then just kind of yes. let it flow. Yes. It's, it's so key what you just said about that. And because it's a, that's why it's a paradox. We, it shouldn't be here. I should, I should be feeling better. I, things should be different. This shouldn't have happened. It's all manifesting in resistance. And I'm not here to tell people that they shouldn't have that. Mm-hmm. Right. But the, everything under the sun has some value. It's where we choose to live. And the, the thing, gosh, so many things came up, but it, it all comes down to attachment. Mm-hmm. We are an attached society. We are attached to ideals, rules. And, and again, those are valuable things, but when we're too attached or we're unconsciously attached, we can live in a state of suffering. And so the one thing that I shared this at the last event is to be fully engaged and completely detached is mm-hmm. an enlightened state of being. And it's not like we're going to, Hey, I'm here. I'm magically here. I did this and did this meditation or did this breath work. And all of a sudden I'm there, but the awareness of it creates an experience of it more so in our lives. I, I want to think about this because it, it, it escaped me twice, but I want to make sure I share this. One of the biggest things that I see in the work that I'm doing and with emergency life coach, which you know very well and, and flashpoint as it unfolds, people long for expression. Hmm. Sometimes in all the healing modalities and all the things we study they're all valuable. They all have a place. But what I've learned and I've found is being able to express what has happened fully and how you feel, it's so powerful to do that. And a couple of people now I'm working with where that's happening, where emotions and things were bottled in. They were there for years, 20 years. And holding on to that, it shows up in the body and, and resistance because we're resisting. I, I can't let this out. I can't, it has to be, it should have been, it's this. And when there's that, the exhale, just let it go. And when we're able to share it, it's like a big exhale and the body responds and and scientifically they're learning all this now, but the body responds instantly. The healing starts instantly. And that's what really we want for people, whether they're in a traumatic situation or whether they're just stressed and they want their lives to move forward, they're at a plateau point. We need to start to express some of this in the context of healthy communities, which we're building, which you know, and it's just powerful. It's extremely powerful. It's it's moving when, when this happens organically. Yeah. And I think post COVID, when, when the world gets back to a sense of normalcy, I think we'll have even more people that need to kind of process a lot of this out. You know, this this year has been traumatic on many levels. And, you know, I, I liken it to periods in my life where I was so stressed, kind of going on in a survival mode, you know, and I really think that contributed 
to my cancer, you know, to getting a cancer. And because I was so stressed for so long that it built up in my body. And if we, you know, moving through this, you know, next six months or whatever, that we're going to see more people have this kind of need to process things because people have lost a lot of loved ones. They, you know, the healthcare workers have been inundated. And, you know, when you're running on stress, your stress is keeping you going, you're eventually going to collapse and you're eventually going to have a breakdown, whether that's a physical breakdown, mental, emotional, spiritual, you know, when I was taking some trauma training, the facilitator, she was a reverend, it was Mm -hmm. a Unitarian Universalist minister. And she said, you know, you, the one question that you want to ask people when they're in a traumatic situation is, are you okay? Even though it sucks right now, are you okay? Have that little bit of a separation between yourself and the situation. And this is not a normal situation and it sucks, but I'm okay in the suckiness of it. So I think we're going to see a lot of people, you know, come out of this needing to kind of process a lot of, you know, what you were talking about. I, you know, I completely agree with that. And that's a, that's a great question. Like almost like, are you okay in this very moment? You know, what has happened has, is bad. It's terrible, whatever, but in this very moment right now, are you okay? Right. And then there's that, that's like, that's a great, great opening. You know, I shared this on the, uh, the summit that I was on because we were talking about this and, and I've experienced this. And I think it's important is that there's a, the book by Charles Dickens, I want to say, The Tale of Two Cities. I've okay. never heard of that book. But it, the opening line, it says it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. And what I feel has happened is this whatever we will, whatever you call it, has come into our world in 2020. And what I've personally experienced is that the direction that people were going in, they were accelerating into it faster. And what I mean is I've, I've talked to people who've had the best year of their lives, or in this moment, they feel like it's the best year of their life. Mm-hmm. And I've also experienced the juxtaposition where people have had the worst year of their life. And therein lies the, the poetic line. This was the best of times. It was the worst of times. And the call to action that I said was, if it was the worst of times, seek your growth. That be aware, embrace. Are you okay right now in this moment? If you're listening to this podcast, are you okay right now? Are you, like, are you breathing? Are you mostly out of pain? Or do you have food? Are you okay? And then what is you know the smallest step you could take to move forward? Any, any step, any small step forward that would yield you some growth, right? And then if you're somebody that has thrived, you had the best year of your life, give, you know, how can you give back? And so that was the call to action. It was like, if you're in pain, grow. If you're, if you had the best year of your life, how can you give? What can you give from that place? Very wise, very wise there. Cause it's, you know, the survivor's guilt too, that people that have had a good year and, you know, I've, it's been a mix for me. You know, I've pretty much had a a pretty good year starting this podcast and doing things. And we did the emergency life coach and that's still going. And there's a lot of growth. And like you said, you know, people are, are amplifying what they were, their process was, you know, and if people are doing well, then that's terrific. 
that's amazing. That's wonderful. And no need for guilt, no need for sadness around that, you know, that that survivor's guilt. And so to just be mindful and aware of where you are. And again, that surrender, trust, and gratitude kind of comes in to that too. It's like, I believe my own belief system is that we're all on this path for a reason. We're all being guided. If we pay attention to the signs and the guideposts that are out there, if we follow those, then we can fulfill what we need to fulfill. And, you know, or we can just say, nope, I don't want to. And, you know, go off and, you know, have a completely different experience. But definitely this, this time has, has come to, you know, really grow a lot of us. It it certainly has. It's, and your, your slogan there, or the slogan is, you know, surrender, trust, and, and gratitude. And I encourage people that surrender might be difficult. And that's why communities are so powerful because sometimes it's, you can surrender with, if you feel like you're in, with the right people, mm. you're able to do that. And that's that first step of surrender is so healing. And then it opens up the gateway that I, I can trust. I don't have to have everything figured out in this process. And, you know, for those that have gone through grief and, or, or whatever, you can read all the playbooks in the world, but which is helpful, but your journey is yours. And that journey is ever unfolding. And sometimes the best thing you can do is just get around people like Julie and get in that space and allow just, Mm -hmm. just, just that surrender and allow, and then eventually you get to a place of gratitude Mm -hmm. where you can start to be grateful because if you, if you've gone through something, you might, it's hard to just step right into gratitude. Some people can do it, but a lot of people, there's a process there that needs to happen to be grateful, to grab the, the things in the moment that, that they can be grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, de- definitely a daily practice. And I, I took another class years ago. It was through nonviolent communications, but it was finding the beauty behind the need, which was, it was just an amazing way of looking at grief. It was an amazing way of looking at sadness of, and the premise was if you are grieving, say for instance, you're grieving someone, whether it's a loved one or whether it's for a divorce or a relationship breakup, or it's the, the grief is the longingness of the love that was behind or with, with that person and, or with that situation. So if you can get to that like walk through the grief to that love and kind of sit in that love. And it it was just such a beautiful way of processing, you know, and again, allowing this, that grief to be present. You don't want to not feel these feelings, Mm -hmm. but you want to, you want to, like you said before, you don't want to sit in them. You don't want to live in these feelings. Mm -hmm. You want to move through them. And if you can get to the love that's behind those situations you know think that that was just a really big learning for me like just an amazing course and i think it was robert gonzalez was the name of the facilitator of that Mm -hmm. and i'll put that in the show notes but um yeah definitely it's uh that's powerful i have a few people that in my that have entered my world that have have had been dealing with grief and the one thing that i've heard this said, and it's similar to what you're saying, is that grief is love with no place to go. And so at least in that initial feeling of it, 
And once you make that connection that really this is love, it, it doesn't, it's not that uh, takes away the loss, the loss is there, but it, it starts to evolve. It, it takes on this different energy uh, where, where the, the love starts to expand in the face of the loss of uh, physical, you know, physical loss. Mm. And it just starts to change its meaning. And I think that's what we're talking about here. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it softens the edges of that grief, mm-hmm. you know, and then I was just reading, I forget where it was, but it was a, a mother who lost her daughter young and she used that grief, that energy to start a foundation in her daughter's name. And a lot of parents who have lost their children do that. And I think it, it helps to you know, keep their child's memory alive. It helps to make some good come out of a horrible situation. So it's, I think, just being able to, again, you know, process that and get to the, the love behind that grief. It's, it's powerful. Yeah, it is very powerful. Very powerful. And as someone who works in hospice, I it really brings priority into the forefront of what is really priority in your life, you know? And so, you know, you, you always hear people say like, oh, well, you know, if I was on my deathbed, I wouldn't want to have any regrets or whatever it is. And so your work with Flashpoint, with, you know, taking this, this turnaround story and really elevating that to a way of getting people to make these decisions to move forward and really create a life that they want, that they won't have any regrets. So can you expand on what Flashpoint is and and what the movement is behind it? Yes. Every time I speak, and I'm going to say it, my life, when I said my life is over, and I felt that. Mm. This message is for the one person who says, I want my turnaround story. Mm. I want things to turn around for me. I've experienced life. I've gone through pain. I've made some mistakes. And I know now it's my time to turn around because what has evolved with Flashpoint is that it's become the birthplace of one's turnaround story in their life and their business. And we've created this environment where this is happening organically through the live event that we do, the Flashpoint Live experience, and then through the masterminds that we're creating. We are working hard to create an ecosystem that people can come into and get what they need to grow. And we want it to be a long-term thing, but it doesn't have to be. It can be something that people come in for a season or a reason, and they move on from there. And, and I believe that what we're creating is going to be very engaging because people want that. People are free to express. And these, we have a lot of people that share at these events. And people are amazed at what gets shared here. But everything's confidential. And we just have something special here that we're bringing to the world. It's in its infancy right now. And we know that uh, this is going to be a much-needed venue and platform that we have. It's going to help a lot of people. Yeah, it sounds like it. And, you know, I think again, this time is showing us is that we need to reprioritize. We, I always say that this time right now that we're in is not a breakdown, but it's a breakthrough. You know, it's, it's a time that we're, we can create now the society that we want. And when everything is like the imaginal cells of a butterfly 
I've said this so many times on the podcast, but it's so worth repeating because I, yes, I am seeing my daughter. I have this butterfly that she colored and it's like an egg crate and butterfly mm-hmm. wings. And I have it right over my, my computer. So I look up and I see it and it always reminds mm-hmm. me of, you know, how this voracious animal of the caterpillar eats and devours and devours and devours. And then it feels this call and it go mm-hmm. forms this chrysalis and it, literally breaks down and it's these imaginal cells that start to light up and wake up and come together and form this new being this new light light the lightest animal on the planet is a butterfly and you know so and the butterfly itself has to break out of the chrysalis itself to clean off the wings to make the wings even stronger so that it can fly free and if if the chrysalis were to crack open on its own or somebody would were to help it out it wouldn't be able to fly so this yes. this rebirthing this renewal that we're going through right now is i think this the breakthrough that we really really need yes and So it's, you know, moving through this time and, you know, the work that you're doing to help people kind of really focus in on what they want to accomplish and what their calling is, what that divine angst is that's pushing them forward, you know, and you're giving them an opportunity, like a platform to kind of really develop that. Yes, absolutely. And Julie, thanks for sharing that's the, uh, the butterfly metaphor and you know, there's a story about a boy who helps a butterfly coming out of the cocoon and the butterfly never flies because it doesn't go through the struggle, the necessary process like you described, where it, it gets the fluid out. It, it builds its muscles to be able to, to flap its wings by getting out of that cocoon. And, and so that's a, a great metaphor, uh, you know, for that process that we, we might go through. And if we got time here, I want to share something with you that I think is going to be relevant for a lot of people. Yeah, go for it. Plenty of time. Yeah. So when I was, I was going through a tough time, maybe five years ago or, or whatever, and, and something had come to me that I thought, and it's very relevant today, when something bad happens or, or something that we think shouldn't be happening, there's our initial response. And that, t- that typically dictates people's lives. That initial response is what dictates people's lives. They, the stimulus response, they react and it sends them off on the tangents. And typically that response is the same. But I want to share something with you that I actually, I was doing a yoga class and that's where I picked this up and it just, it just stuck with me and it it stayed with me to this day. And I won't read the whole thing, but basically describing how I went through a tough time and this message is profound. I trust it will help you see that the situation you find yourself in, even though tough may be the ideal situation for growth. And, And it says this life is a good teacher and a good friend. Things are always in transition if we could only realize it. Nothing ever sums itself up in the way that we like to dream about. The off-center, in-between state is an ideal situation, a situation in which we we don't get caught and we can open our hearts and our minds beyond limits. It's a very tender, non-aggressive, open-ended state of affairs to stay with the shakiness to stay with a broken heart with a rumbling stomach with the feeling of hopelessness 
and wanting to get revenge, that is the path of true awakening. Sticking with that uncertainty, getting the knack of relaxing in the midst of the chaos, learning not to panic, this is the spiritual path. Mm. End quote. I would love to say that I created that, but um, that was Pima Chandran, if I'm oh. saying her name correctly. Yeah. Yeah. She's, I love her. Love her. That's, yeah. that's beautiful. And so it's that being comfortable in the uncomfortableness, you know, and, and really, you know, I had uh, one thing that I did, you know, the um, similar to that is this notion of dig deeper than your foundation. You know, you think that you can go so deep, but really you can go a little deeper and then a little deeper. And it's that digging deeper than your foundation that you can really find the strength to move through things. And yeah, and I just think that, you know, there's so much here, so much. I really believe that a lot of us were put on this planet to help during this time, this, this great shifting. And I, I truly am honored that you're in my circle and that, you know, we were brought together through Emilio and Daniela and mm-hmm. they'll be on our the podcast soon enough. And, you know, I think that is it's, it's an exciting time. I really do believe that. And, you know, history is watching us right now. Yeah. Really and, good point. Did you want to talk about the live events that you are going to be doing? Is that something that you would want to talk about or? I could touch on that, but uh, I think that I'd like to give people like a next step if they, sure. what's next. What's next for them that they might be able to do in, in their own privacy of their own being, you know, home or whatever they're, wherever they're, they are. But we, we are going to have a live event in Cherry Hill, March 5th, 6th, and 7th. That'll be the Flashpoint experience, uh, 2021 or 2.0. And we expect it to be just an incredible event to attend. If that's you, if you're that person, you're saying that was, this resonates. I want, I want to create my turnaround story. We, we highly recommend you get to that. But Right now, we we create. I created a freedom challenge, which sounds good on the surface, but if you dig a little deeper, we go deeper. I did a 34-day cross-country road trip as an expression of freedom, as an expression of overcoming uh, my own personal journey. I didn't just think it up this year. This was something that I had personal momentum on years prior. It just so happened that it was in the middle of a pandemic, but uh, I moved forward anyway. What came from it, what, what I gave birth to, is the nine questions to identify and remove limiting beliefs. And there's a, it's an 11 day challenge where I record and go through these questions at an inspirational place somewhere in the US. So each module is, I'm at a different destination. I go through these questions, they're very deep, they're very thought provoking, and they're only 10 minutes a day. And the reason why I did this, Julie, is because in my own journey, I had all these all this knowledge, all these resources prior, and it just didn't seem to, to get the results. And I realized is that I had limiting beliefs. And the limiting beliefs was almost like the padlock on the door of every resource I could ever want, my life moving forward. And it wasn't until I found the key, which was a limiting belief, to get this block off and open up this treasure chest of, of time, talent, treasure, that my life started to move forward. And I'm actually on this podcast because had that not had, had I not gotten clear on what that was, I may not be on your podcast right now. Mm. So that's why I'm dedicated to this and bringing this challenge to the world. 
and we're gifting it right now. It's free. It's 10 minutes a day, 11 days to really help people unlock. Because once you bring to the surface what's holding you back, there's an organic process that's going to move you forward. And then that's when you know a lot of this other stuff will start to kick in for the individual who's listening who wants to create that turnaround story. Wonderful. Wonderful. And I'm looking forward to partaking in the Freedom Challenge myself. Fantastic. Yeah. And what is one thing that Austin Haynes does on a pretty regular basis to help you kind of get into this space, the space of inner peace where you're you're feeling vibrant and and healthy and yeah. So I'll, I'm going to share with you two things. One, the things I do, and I'm going to share with you what I work on, what I'm working on right now, because I think it's fair to say no one has it figured out. I don't have it all figured out, but I'm aware of things that I need to work on. One is I keep it simple. And my mornings, I own my mornings in terms of my, my process. I keep it simple, but there's always movement. When I wake up, there's movement. I want my body. I want the blood flowing. There's breath. And what I say is grab a moment grabbing a moment, like we could do it right now. It's just simple as, as, as closing your eyes or keeping them open and allowing your, your breath, right? And just allowing your belly to expand so that the bottom of your lungs can fill up. And if you can't get there right now, just you take the deepest breath that you can and, and, and try to do it from a relaxed state. Obviously breath work helps calm the body. And what I do is grab a moment. I say, if I can grab a moment, I'm free. And that, so that process is in my morning with gratitude. And there's other things that I do in there. Uh, morning gratitude. I do a morning prayer. I read out of a book. I do my best to own that morning so that when I get into the day, I'm better. I have momentum. And I, I, I think that's important for people to know is that five minutes is fine. 10 minutes is fine. It's about momentum. It's about mm-hmm. daily momentum. And, and that's a really powerful thing. So what I'm working on is doing that throughout the day more because I found that sometimes when I'm in work mode, I'm not as conscious as my, of my breath. I might, I might slouch over, you know, and when my body gets into an unhealthy pattern for too long, my emotions will follow. So I need to be aware of that. And then the other thing is, you know, how am I closing out my day? Mm. Is it just TV lights off bed or, or, and I don't watch TV really, but I'm just saying for the average person, what am I doing to end my day? What am I doing to close out my day? Because historically, I, I I just, because I'm so driven, you know, my purpose, I, I'll just go to the bell and then I'm like, boom, shut off. And maybe I do some minor like stuff. But for me, I want to enhance the process of closing out my day, kind of like I do my mornings. Mm. So I think they're both valuable pieces of time and space in our in our day that if we can work to build momentum there in those places, albeit small, it starts to manifest in the other areas of our life. Yeah, absolutely. And can I offer a suggestion? And this is yeah. a call to action. And this is something yeah. that I've learned through my Jack Canfield training. One thing that I did that really was beneficial at the end of my day is to what he calls the mirror exercise. Mm-hmm. So you're looking in the mirror at night. Like I do it right before I go to bed. And I look myself in the eye and say, hey, Joel, you had a great day today. I loved when you did this. I loved when, you know, you helped your daughter with her math homework. I loved 
when you mm-hmm. took the dog for an extra walk or, you know, all those different things and re- be really specific or say today's over and it, it was a hard day, but you got through it and you're smiling and yes. you're kind to the people that you can be kind to and as many people as you can. And it really starts to reprogram your brain so that your self-talk becomes more and more um, peaceful and loving to yourself. And, and I've, he recommends you do that for 40 days in a row. Mm-hmm. And if you miss one day, then the next day is day one. You know, you, yes. you're rewiring your brain. I still do that every night. And I, if, and I have a sleep app that I use and is the, yes, it asks you questions about your day. And the one thing I put in there on my own was mirror exercise. So literally if I didn't do it, I will get up out of bed and do it and then come back into bed. And it's, it's just, I think one of the most powerful tools yeah. I've ever used really. Cause then, I, you know, yes, yeah. I love that. So, yeah. So one of the things I've been doing is recapping the day where you write down, because like to your point, Jim Rohn calls it run the tapes again, mm-hmm. because when you run the tapes again, it starts to anchor in. Wow. That did go well today. Cause we're typically, if we're in a state of fight or flight, we're not recognizing and i say people devalue themselves so if you can rewrite this happened and that good thing and now you're oh my gosh your 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 brain starts to rewire you start to develop new neural connections but i love the mirror my goodness that's so valuable because then you're you're looking into your own eyes while you're doing it so that's something i'm going to definitely definitely look at yeah it's powerful it is so powerful and i like i said i started last february like so like right at the beginning of the pandemic and seriously still going with it and I'm going to keep on going with it, you know, and it's, is has been really, really going to do it today. I'm going to yeah. do it today. There you go. Absolutely. All right, Austin, my friend, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. And I can't wait to see what you do in this world because you're going to make a huge impact. Yeah. And yeah. So absolutely. do we, you want to know if the world was perfect right now? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that question. Thank you. Woo-hoo. Yeah, that's okay. No, <laughs> yeah. we've had we had some great dialogue today, yeah. and I, again, I know I really trust this is going to serve a lot of people. So yeah. we will invite you to share this podcast. You asked me. We were doing a little prep before, obviously. If the world was perfect right now, what would that look like for me? And it's interesting, Julie, because sometimes you script things, right? But then there's always this opening in the moment. And that, that quote I shared was unscripted. And I think what, what I would like to see is the, the awareness uh, collectively and individually that the shakiness, that we look at it, we sit in it, and then we begin to use it as a spiritual path to harness good for all of humankind, that most of the people, I mean, it's hard to say, not everyone, but majority of the population, we can get to some tipping point where the majority of the people start to become aware and it starts to tip. And people take this shakiness of this year and they use it and harness it to do better things in the world. Mm, beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. Yes. And I think that's beautiful thing to look for. And I, I do believe that there's a lot of people that are looking for the same thing that, you know, that tipping point becoming those imaginal cells of really developing a society that works for everyone. Wonderful. What a beautiful sentiment. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's been an, I'm very excited 
for your your podcast. And again, I, I just want to encourage people to share this because this is about inner peace. And what we talked about today, I think is so relevant and the work that you're doing. So it's an honor for me to be on this platform with you and to share this message at this particular time in history is, is extremely valuable right now. So we, again, Julie, thank you so much for having me on your, on your podcast. And thank you, Austin, for being here and for all that you're doing. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, you peace and love amplifier. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at peaceandloveamplifiers.com. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks again for listening. And remember to ask yourself, what am I feeding the field? Until next time.